Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. Week one of college football just concluded. We got to watch a nice sloppy game between Clemson and our Clemson and Georgia Tech, which there were real no winners in that game. We do have some prospects, though, from week one that we want to acknowledge that really put a spotlight on their performances. One guy who we have to talk about and have a reality check on where he currently sits Ryan, we do tend to say on this show that we don't like to overreact after one week's performance. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to overreact a little bit. I don't know about you, but there's one guy we're definitely going to overreact a little bit. But I'm just telling you, be prepared. I, I don't expect anything less from you, Joe. You, uh, you're a big overreactor, man. So you know, that's, week one, uh, week one, we're making claims, man. We're, we're making, we're making, uh, we're making judgments after week one. So yeah, we're, yeah. we're making very strong statements. Uh, we're going to talk today well, about. There Andrew. are a few players that made some strong statements in week one. So okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, and Jared Verse are the three main guys that are going to be discussed on today's show. Before we get to that, though, I just want to tell you about today's sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and even first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Ryan, Anthony Richardson, starting up with him, the Florida quarterback. Coming into this season, there was unjustified hype for Anthony Richardson. He hadn't played enough to be slotting him as one of the top quarterbacks in the class to even really do a full evaluation on him. There's a reason Mm -hmm. why we chose to hold off on evaluating him. But he comes out in a game where I think, like I had this expectation that he was going to come out and have a, a strong performance and then maybe get the ball rolling because he's that good of an athlete. But he comes out against Utah, which is a very good defensive team, very well coached team. And he looks phenomenal. He Mm -hmm. runs really, really well. He has a lot of really nice rushing plays. He evades pressure, and his arm looks fantastic. And as as I was saying before, I'm here to overreact today on in this week one show. I am very bought in on what I saw from Anthony Richardson, and if he does more of that, that is a that is a top quarterback in this class. I am taking him over Will Levis. He is Mm -hmm. that good, and he showed us glimpses of what he could be this season. Joe, let me ask you a question before I give my commentary on him. Yeah. Because I was also very impressed. Yes. If he is close to his ceiling, can he unseat one of the top two quarterbacks in this class? We're going to talk not about... Saying, not saying graded by you. 
I'm saying, yeah. do you think there's a possibility that he could be drafted before either of the top two assumed quarterbacks right now? Well, we're going to talk about Stroud in a second, but mm-hmm. if we, you know, if we look at both of those guys and line them up, if Stroud plays the way that he did on Saturday against Notre Dame multiple times throughout the season, far too many times than he should, then yes, I would take Anthony Richardson over over Stroud. Love it, if, man. If, hey. if that's the pro, if if we're getting the product of Stroud that we got on Saturday, only that. If Stroud yeah. goes back to normal like we saw last year, it's a different discussion. But 100, percent I I think that that Richardson showed us a lot more against Utah than Stroud did against Notre Dame. Joe, I love the Week One hot takes, man. You're saying it with your chest, brother, and I appreciate <laughs> that. I appreciate that. Well, th- so this is my thing, right? People just made this mistake last year with Emory Jones, right? They're like, oh, this toolsy quarterback for Florida, like the system that he's in, blah, 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 has some talents. He's going to be a big riser. And people tried to evaluate him and put a number on him last year in the preseason. You're just like, guys, he hasn't played enough, right? And Richardson's in the same boat. Like, he did some stuff last year where you're like, yeesh, man, kid is 6'4", 230-something pounds, strong arm, athletic. Like, there's no doubt he had tools, right? Like, I mean, you could sell me that. You could sell me preseason and like, that kid has first-round tools, but I'm not going to grade him as a first-rounder because he just didn't play enough. I'll say this, Joe. I didn't need to see the off-script stuff that he did. Like, I posted one on Twitter yesterday. I'm just like, that's just, just silly stuff, man. Like, his ability to break tackles, extend plays, arm strength is, is fantastic. Like, all those things are great, man. There's no doubt about it. But my favorite thing that I saw about Anthony Richardson, in my opinion, is he was poised yesterday, man. Yes. Like, he, he seemed not to get rattled to, against pressure. He seemed to remain calm. And if those things are true, then we're cooking with grease. Because not only is he a great athlete, a great talent, but add in the fact that he's also a very poised and confident young man, Cade could be one of the top quarterbacks in this class if he continues the trend that we saw on Saturday. Yeah, the the poise is an interesting thing to acknowledge because oftentimes with these younger guys, and especially when you you throw them in to face a good defense, and also week one, it's not like he had a warm-up game like Bryce Young just did against Utah State. For him to look as confident as he did Mm-hmm. is very, very important for his his projection. Again, if he does that multiple times throughout this season, uh, it also is not a stretch to say that he could win the Heisman, depending on how Florida finishes. That, yeah. uh, that shouldn't be a hot take. But if we continue to get this level of composure, this level of consistency, the playmaking ability, that's what's going to make him a top five player and top three quarterback in the class, that kind of thing. Well, I'm is, looking at his. Uh, sorry, Joe. Finish your thought. Yeah. My, my bad. No, no, no. I all I was gonna say is that the playmaking ability is is what makes him that good. Is that it's mm-hmm. not just like he's out there and he's completing easy throws and he's doing a lot of dump offs and he's consistent. It's that off the script stuff that you acknowledged and that you brought up. But the playmaking ability, if you can throw a guy in that is going to make plays like that, it is it is rare to see some of the things that he did on Saturday. So next six games, Joe, I imagine Anthony Richardson is going to put up some crazy numbers. He goes against Kentucky, South Florida, Tennessee, Eastern Washington, poor Eastern Washington, Missouri, and LSU. There's a lot of defensive talent littered throughout that six games, but there's not a lot of great defenses littered through that schedule, right? So next six yeah. games, I think it's going to be pretty clear sailing for Anthony Richardson. Then he has a back-to-back huge test, and this is going to kind of define his true draft projection to me. He plays. Georgia in mm. on October 29th 
that Saturday after LSU. And then he comes back the next week and plays against Texas A&M, who has a, a gluttony of very talented NFL-level defenders as well. So that two-game stretch between Georgia and Texas A&M, we will know during that stretch if Anthony Richardson is a true threat to being one of the top two to three quarterbacks off the board because that those games will be a huge indicator because he's playing against NFL talent all over the field. I mean, you talk about Georgia with Jalen Carter and Keely Ringo and Makai Spock, Starks or yeah, Makai Starks, the freshman corner that came out of nowhere and was probably the best corner on their team last week, which is just silly. Nolan Smith, and then you go to the next game and he's going playing against guys like Jalen Jones and Miles Jones and and all the the talented Antonio Johnson, the talented secondary that Texas A&M has, and then all the young defensive linemen they have too. He has a couple big tests, but if he aces those two, man, then he could be a real threat to, to being. I don't want to say he could be the number one quarterback in this class, but like, I mean, there's been crazier things. Zach Wilson just went before Trey Lance and Justin Fields a couple yeah, years ago. You know, I, like, I, I for we both have Bryce Young as our first guy, and I, I think if if Richardson's going to move up and be drafted really highly, it's going to be as the second guy behind okay. Bryce Young, and again, it's going to kind of take more of a a drop off from from Stroud. And speaking of CJ Stroud against Notre Dame. Yep. He looked very pedestrian. Like he at did times. At, at times. times. Yeah. He did not look like the guy that we were expecting coming into the season. If you remember back to last year at the start of the year, Stroud struggled a little bit at the beginning. And there were legitimate question marks to if CJ Stroud was as good as people thought. Maybe they should turn to Quinn Ewers. There were discussions about that. There was a possibility mm-hmm. of that. He flips the switch as the season goes on, and he starts to look better and better to the point where people are saying coming into this season he might win the Heisman. People are saying coming into the season that he's going to be the first overall pick and the best quarterback selected out of the group. But what I saw from Stroud against Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. understandably going against a very good defense, a game that he needs to ascend. I saw a number of forced throws. I saw some decision-making where he was – trying to push the ball into into traffic where plays weren't really there. He did make some silly plays where he rolled out and made some throws on the sideline, very tight windows. Like those were great plays, but I just, I got a lot of instances where I was like, wow, this is not the CJ Stroud that I remember. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm out on him. I'm not trying to sit here and say like, oh, he's not a first round pick, but it felt like he took a step back. Something was not there. And he took a slight step back from the guy that we were expecting coming Mm -hmm. into the season. So the first two and a half quarters, I agree. It was a little pedestrian. There were some throws that he was late on. He was also dealing, obviously, with Jackson Smith and Jigba got knocked out pretty early in that game. Offensive line was was good for the most part, but I I think there was just a little bit of inconsistencies around him. I, I think that... Not enough people talk to the fact, the simple, the simple fact that he lost Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave from the team last year. You know, like that; those were a gigantic losses. Even though it looks by all, looks like by all accounts that Emeka Buka is going to be just fine as a number two option. And of course, they have Marvin Harrison Jr. as well. So I think they're going to be fine at wide receiver long term because it sounds like Jackson Smith the Jig was only going to be out for two games, so he's going to be back. So that's good to hear. I will say this though, Joe, the positives that you can take from it is that in the biggest moments, he was his best during against Notre Dame. In the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, you mentioned those plays off script, man. That was like on like the last two drives of the game when they're coming from behind. It's still 10-7, to seven, and then he 
you know, leads that, that touchdown drive. And then they have the big touchdown drive to kind of seal the victory 21 to 10, but he, he made some incredible throws working outside of structure, which was the question mark about him, man. Like I, I yeah. liked a lot of the work inside the pocket, but he, I didn't think he used his legs enough last year, both as an extender and as a runner. And in this game, you know, he didn't run the ball much. I mean, actually at all. Now that I kind of think about it, I don't remember him running the football, but he worked outside the structure and he made some money plays when it matters most. So it was definitely an up and down performance, but I do think he ended the day on a high note, at least against Notre Dame. I also do, though, think that the other question mark for Stroud was his ability to make reads beyond his his first read and, and go through his progressions. And some of those issues felt like they were showing up in that game where he almost didn't know where to put the ball. And that was those forced instances that I'm referring to where he was throwing it into traffic and it, it just looked like he didn't know where things should go out, outside of that first I, read. I think that he was late a little bit getting from one to two and two to three and that, that type of concept. Cause one thing that I'll give credit to Notre Dame about, there was a lot of questions about how Notre Dame secondary would match up against the wide receivers for Ohio state. I really think they took job. him. I thought, I thought they took him by surprise, Joe, like they yeah. Notre Dame's corners and safeties and nickels. They played physical against Ohio state, man. They rerouted a ton in the passing game and I thought they caused some timing issues. So I give part of that credit to Notre Dame, but to your point, I do think that CJ was late a little bit. You know, like I think about that 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 one where uh, Abuka is kind of working towards the sideline and he's kind of in, you know, behind the corner in front of the safety, and it's probably a walk-in touchdown if he finds that read a little bit earlier, but he's a little bit late to it, right? So I think there was a little bit lateness, but then I also give a lot of credit to Notre Dame. I thought that they played above their heads in the secondary, man. Like I think that that took uh, I think that took Ohio State off guard a little bit because I think they really did disrupt the timing of the wide receivers lot in that game. Yeah, 100%. The Notre Dame secondary just was was so freaking good. Dude, and, and, Brandon Joseph, man. I'm allowed to say this now, Joe, because <laughs> because he because Smith and Jigba is going to be okay. He's only going to be out for a couple games. But, man, he tagged. And yes. Smith and Jigba going to the sideline, man, he tagged him, bro. He was, yes, he was, he was playing, man. That looked like the 2020 version of Brandon Joseph. Mm. If we get that player every week, then... We're, we're talking about a potential riser in this class because you know how much I liked him before last season. It's almost funny how good coaching can produce a, a talented player into a, a good football yes. player. So it's mm-hmm. very, very funny. And we're we're not going to spend time talking about Brandon Joseph, but yeah. he looked a lot cleaner. Cam yeah. Hart looked pretty good in that in that game. There are a lot of takeaways. Oh, for Ohio that Notre Dame team. Ohio State's offensive line, I thought, looked really good too. For the most mm. part, I thought DeWan Jones looked very improved. I thought Paris Johnson, you know, he had a couple hiccups, but I thought he did a pretty good job transitioning to left tackle. So I, I thought Ohio State's offensive line kind of outplayed my early expectations. I thought dur- like the during the end of the season, they would be a really good unit. But I think Justin Fry did a great job to transform that unit a lot earlier than I anticipated. I thought they were really good in, in game one. Conversely, LSU's offensive line did not, <laughs> not, look, great. Very, not, not great. look very good against Florida State. The one man who kept popping up in that Florida State defensive line had a prolific performance against LSU, man. They they were mm-hmm. chasing down Jaden Daniels like crazy. They could really not move the ball on the ground very much. But Jared Verse, the Albany transfer, who was considered to be a highly talented player with, with some question marks if he could translate to quality of play to, to be good enough at Florida State, and man, Jared Verse really made a name for himself. Uh, he had the block kick. He did a lot of really, really good defensive pressures that he he ended that game with. 
We need to start talking about Jared Verse because my man is a dude. My man can ball out at the next level. Joe, he he started from the first play, man. He is yeah. so the things I love about Jared Verse is he is stupid explosive, man. Like straight line explosiveness because he can convert speed to power a ton, even though he's only about two hundred forty eight pounds. Because he is like he's like Will Anderson in that way. And no, I'm not saying he's Will Anderson. So let's reverse on there, right? But the same way Will Anderson, despite only being two hundred forty something pounds, can create so much power. Jared Verse can also do that. Incredibly explosive football player. Hands are still improving, but I mean, Joe, I looked up this kid's background as far as his recruiting profile and everything. I was kind of like, well, how did a kid this athletic end up at Albany? He barely played defense in high school, man. It was weird. He only had like, really? I think he had, I think he had like less than 30 tackles his senior year or something like that. But he had like, it was like 17 catches for 385 yards. So like he played offense more than was defense. Was he a tight end? I, I think so. I would assume so with that size. Didn't really say. It just said, you know, receiving yardage on the season type of thing. So Because I didn't watch his highlight tape or anything. But just kind of a really weird profile, man. And then obviously dominated Albany last season. Was preseason All-American, all that type of stuff. Makes the transition. And I, I saw an interview he did during the during the preseason, Joe, where he was talking about Jordan Travis, the quarterback, right? Who's a very athletic kid. Not a great quarterback, but like very athletic. Mm-hmm. And apparently Jared Verse beats him in races. So like this guy, this kid can move, man. Like this kid might be a legit, like four or five something type of athlete. Like there is, he's a silly, silly athlete. I, I'm just dumbfounded at the fact that he ended up at Albany. I, I just don't understand how he slipped through the cracks. Cause I think he's a Florida kid originally too. So like, that's even odd, weirder. Man. Very strange. With, with all the damn Florida schools and he still doesn't make it to, to one of them. That's, that's absolutely crazy. And yep. the, the main point here is that the conversation for verse needs to start happening. He needs yep. to be talked about more. And now he's on the map for more people. I think for the the average college football fan and NFL fan, didn't really know who he was. We did yep. as recruiting analysts and draft analysts. We're aware that this kid was talented, and if he slotted yep. into the right position and he's coached and developed, he could be very, very good. Let me ask you this, though. If we yep. get more performances like that from him, where do you think he lines up in this uh, in this edge class? This might be hyperbolic, but first round, I, I think it's possible, man. I'm not. I'm not going to. Top fifty was the immediate thought in my head, but then I'm just yeah. thinking like, if he, I mean, if he has performances like he did yesterday, then he's going to end the season with double digit sacks, and I think he's going to test phenomenally. So, man. I think he's extremely talented. He's one of the true outside track winners in this class too, Joe, potentially, right? Because Will Anderson's not a true outside track guy. Like he's a power guy, inside counters, can win outside with pure speed, but like he's not a true edge bender, right? Isaiah Foskey's not a true edge bender. Miles Murphy's not a true edge bender. Will McDonald's an outside track winner, but like outside of that, there's just not a ton of outside track winners in this class. Like that's what Jared Verse is, and that's a very valuable trait to have. So I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that this kid could be a top 50 pick, and I really don't think it's even that much of a stretch to say he could be a first-rounder with the talent that he has. Yeah, and there's uh, there's a really strong chance of that, I think, I think happening because of just how good he is. And the other thing, too, is you you look at what Jermaine Johnson did last year. He kind of popped up onto the scene. I, yeah. I don't think there's a reason why he can't be that guy this year in this class. I don't think so either. I really don't. I mean, Joe, would you still claim him as an FCS prospect? If uh, no, no, I don't. I don't like doing that. I don't. It, it was like when Jabril Cox came out. Like I didn't. I couldn't yeah. claim him, and he hasn't really done much. But I, you can't claim Jabril Cox because he was 
an LSU player. He was no longer a North Dakota State player. I don't I don't do that bit. If he came out of Albany, then I'd be sitting here and saying that he is, but it's just cool that he came from an FCS school. He came from a CAA program, a garbage one, but he came from a CAA program, um, and he's got some potential to him. Hey, man, future first-round pick, Jeff Undercuffler went to Albany, so I don't know what you're talking about. And also future first-round pick, uh, no, oh, oh, my God, what's the name of the – the Delaware quarterback, Nolan Henderson. Oh, Nolan Henderson. Nolan Henderson. Yeah. Vogel dipshit. Uh, saying <laughs> he's, he still tweet. He still tweets about him, and I think that's the most <sighs> moronic thing ever. That I, I mean, no disrespect to Henderson. Seems like a great mm-hmm. kid. It's not sure. a first round pick, but just sure. leave it to the the typical dipshits for you know making up nonsense commentary about guys that are not first rounders. Um, moving hey, on. Man. You had a guy that you wanted to talk about, a quarterback. I hope it's not Nolan Henderson that you want to talk about. You told me that you wanted to talk about somebody, uh, and who exactly was that you wouldn't tell me coming into the show. Joe, this is the weirdest thing that I've ever done on this show because I can't believe I'm mentioning this guy is kind of buying in a little bit. But Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State, man, was – Joe, just stay with me for a second. Stay with me, okay? Are you listening? Don't 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 yeah, make that eye. I'm don't. listening. I'm listening. Uh, All right, man. So I was never in on Spencer Sanders ever, right? And he had a very up and down year last year as a redshirt junior, and then he had the bowl game against Notre Dame where he looked fantastic. He did. He looked like a completely different player. Okay, but still, you're like it's one game, right? It's one game. Who cares? And and again, he goes against Central Michigan this first week, so it's and not a true almost lost. Well. He didn't almost lose because of what he did offensensively. Right. <laughs> he almost lost because right. of what the defense did. But right. I am just here to tell you is if he starts stacking some performances, he has two games in a row where he looked fantastic. If he keeps doing this, he could be the riser in this class, I think. I think he can. Because that kid has about as much natural gifts as anyone in college football. Like his arm is going to be up there with the Will Levises of the world. If he, if he takes the next step forward, he had a draftable grade from NFS. I thought it was stupid. I, I did, but I'm telling you right now, man, he looked different in this game. I watched the coach's film for his game against central Michigan. He made some throws that were just absolutely outrageous throws out of structure are still there, but he looked consistent. He looked calm. He did not look flustered. And last year, previous two years, he looked extremely flustered outside of structure. It looked like when he when his process got sped up, he did not look comfortable. He looked extremely comfortable in this football game. So I'm just here to tell you, man, is if he stacks more performances, there's something there, I think, because he's got a bazooka for an arm. He's a very good athlete. And if he is settled down and becoming – because I don't, never thought that it was an issue of accuracy, right? Like I think he's a pretty accurate quarterback. Decision-making has been his big hiccup, man. It's been bad at times. There's no question. But the last two games – that he's played, he has made very good decisions on top of being the talent he is. So if he starts stacking performances here, there's a shot here, I think. So I I saw a lot of good stuff out of Spencer Sanders in week one. I mean, I get it, but I'm I'm, no, I'm just reluctant because he played central Michigan, like central Michigan sucks. I, that's just, I know that's not very in-depth analysis, but central Michigan sucks. If, if you give me that performance against Oklahoma and like Texas and, and Baylor, then well, we can against, have this. 
he, he did it against Notre Dame last season, though, too, man. He did it against Notre Dame the last time, like in the bowl game. I understand. I get it. Trust me. That's why I said he has to stack performances. If okay. He, if he has a great week one and then he's the same guy he's been for two last two years in back to back weeks, then like forget about it. I'm not talking about him anymore. But what I'm saying is, is the last two times I've seen Spencer Sanders play football, he's played really well and he's been turnover free. And if he's a turnover free and a good decision maker, can't tell me the talent's not there, man. You can't tell me. He's got a, he's got a really uh, weird release. Really okay, weird if release, he, but a cannon if, for an arm. If he does that, where yes. And I'm afraid to ask this question. <laughs> Where would you willingly select him? I need to see it first. I'm not going to make a claim right now. I'm not going to okay. do it. It's, okay. it's too early. It's too early to do that right now, Joe. Told you. I need to see it stacked. If it's stacked, though, he has almost as much natural gifts as anybody in the class. He's not going to vote up to quarterback one or quarterback two or anything like ridiculous like that. But I mean, he might be that late day one, early day two type of kid. Like he might be, man. He's that talented in my opinion. But I mean, again, I got to see it stacked. It's not, I'm not willing to put my stamp on it with where it is right now. Not willing to. Yeah, you're 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 really pushing me here. You're really pushing. I'm not. Me. I'm not pushing. I just said I'm not putting my stuff yet. I told you I'm not putting uh, my stuff. All, right. all right, fair, 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 fair. Okay. You know what? I don't. I don't hate it, but I also don't like it, and I'm not willing yes. to agree with you. <laughs> it's fine, because man. I have never liked Spencer Sanders, and I've never thought that he has been much of a prospect. But I. I I want it, bigger games. I need some bigger games, like actual get opponents it, to, to play. I, before this is I, something I'm that we need to, to revisit mid season and late season. This is this okay. is the type of conversation we need to have. I'm not again, I'm not making a claim here. I'm just saying he's okay. looked really good the last two times I've seen him play quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Ryan, that's gonna be it from us at Joe DeLeon at Rising Draft. Uh Hack City on YouTube at NFL Prospects Pod. We'll be back with more. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.